You're listening to the Telltale Podcast. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, on Patreon, on Teespring, and on Etsy. All links can be found on my website, telltaleatheist.com, or in the podcast's description. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming. We're going to start off by talking about the Mormon Church and its attempt at avoiding paying taxes on $100 billion that it basically hid. Uh, We're going to be talking about J.K. Rowling and her support of somebody who was seemingly anti-trans. And then we're going to hopefully be talking about India, the protests going on there. Let's start out by listening to some voicemails. If you guys want to call in and leave a voicemail for a future episode of the podcast, you can do it by calling 1-800-701-8573. Call in with the number 1-800-701-8573. My name is Leo Mollahan. Pretty much my question is, uh, I have a mom who's kind of like in and out of of the religion. So um, I'm just wondering if there's any way to kind of get her to completely stop. So sometimes she... She, she's Jehovah Witness. I didn't mention that, but uh, yeah, she's Jehovah Witness. But sometimes she'll go back and like listen to some of their meetings or go to some of their meetings. But she's just kind of constantly in and out, and I'm w- wondering if there's any way to just get her to completely stop. That's it. Bye. Okay. First of all, uh, this seems to be a problem, and it's it's an interesting problem with Jehovah's Witnesses. It's kind of an all-or-nothing type of situation a lot of the time. It's a very unified group. So there aren't really many people who are kind of on the fence with Jehovah's Witnesses. Either you're in it completely or you're not. But every now and then you do come across somebody who like occasionally goes to a meeting or, or whatever, or is just a little bit invested in the religion. And when that happens, it's like a really interesting thing, like from a psychological perspective, perspective because they try their hardest to drag people in and keep them in with rewards and punishments if you don't obey us um, then there are consequences for it basically on occasion you will come across somebody like that I don't really know what her history what your mom's history is with the religion so I can't really tell you how invested she is I have no way of knowing but I would suggest watching Just go to YouTube and search for my videos on how to deprogram a religious extremist. I I think I have like parts one and two or something like that. And try implementing the system that I I have set up. It's in a lot of ways very similar to street epistemology with some minor modifications. So give it a look and see if maybe that'll help. Uh, The whole premise is trying to approach it in a very non-confrontational way in an attempt to keep her guard down. Like, you don't want her to get afraid or um, or defensive in any way. You want to make her understand that you're with her and you're interested and you want to know why she likes this and maybe you can like it too. You just need to ask a few questions and then poke holes gently without sending her guard up. So anyway, give the videos a listen and see if maybe those can help you. Hey, Owen. Uh, my name's JT. I was calling to ask what you think about Connie West Church, uh, also known as Sunday Service. I found a Twitter account the other day uh, called Con- Cult Kanye, uh, or Kanye West is a cult leader. 
It was talking about how he could potentially be showing signs of cultish behaviors. I've I've also heard that he's, um, you know, talking about starting a compound in Wyoming. Uh, I wanted to know your thoughts and if you had anything, you know, any any other thoughts on this. So anyway, thank you. Yeah, I actually talked about this in a recent podcast episode. Um, I talked all about like Kanye and his cult-like attitude, cult leader-like attitude, where he's kind of, I guess he's actually full-blown started a church that you have to pay to be a part of. And he, he went on Joel Osteen's uh, platform. I think it's a TV show. It's like this giant mega church that Joel Osteen runs, like tens of thousands of people. Yeah, it's it, it's really not good. Joel Osteen, of course, encouraged Kanye and backed him up and everything. It's pretty concerning what's happening with it. And I, I hadn't heard about the whole compound situation with Kanye, but I it would not surprise me at all. Kanye's kind of invested in this whole dominionist, like evangelical brand of Christianity. You know, there are a lot of Christians out there who are just chill and moderate and don't hate anybody for anything and just go to church every week and then come home and, and that's it. Try to live their lives the best way they can. That is 100% legit with me. Like I have zero issue with you if that's how you are. My problem comes in when you start seeing things like behavior modification with a system of re rewards and punishments, a hierarchy that enforces rules and things like that. Uh, I mean, just look at the bite model. I'm sure a lot of you guys know about the bite model. I talk about it an awful lot on my channel. Uh, trying to control information, trying to control the free flow of information, prevent people from looking at videos or articles or information that's critical of the religion, shunning you if you disobey or disbelieve, placing extreme importance on seemingly menial events or ideas or trivial events or ideas, that's when red flags start going up for me. And that's when I have a problem with your religion. And though those are the types of traits that Kanye seems to be exhibiting at this moment. It, it is very concerning. Hi, my name's Sophia. Since the atheist community can be fragmented, there aren't really atheist protests or atheist posters or flyers. What are some ways to advocate for skepticisms and start, start conversations in your own community? I would say you should probably try to get involved in an atheist group in your area. There, depending on where you are, like there are a lot of big cities that have a big American atheists presence or FFRF, Freedom From Religion Foundation presence. For example, I think Phoenix, Arizona has a pretty good-sized presence. Columbus, Ohio has a good American Atheists presence. I'm trying to think. San Francisco has an FFRF presence. Find a group in your area and, and maybe become a part of it. Maybe see if you can engage in some type of activism for them. That could be really helpful. Hey, man. How's it going? Um, the majority of my family are Jehovah's Witnesses, and when my grandmother died, my uncle got to an amazing speaker from Bessel to speak at her memorial instead of a close family friend um, who wanted to do it. This guy messed up a lot of information, including her name and her birthday, uh, which were both on display at the Kingdom Hall. Um, I personally thought it was disrespectful, yet they told him that it was the best talk they ever heard. Uh, I guess what my question is, how do I go about asking them and showing them where, you know, where they were wrong with having the speaker and not our family friend? Uh, this is a question I'm having a lot of trouble with. 
Thank you. That's actually something that I'm going to have to deal with at some point soon, too. Of course, a lot of people know that my mom is a Jehovah's Witness, but I'm not, and that means that she's shunning me. The interesting bit about this is the fact that none of my none of her kids, like my three siblings, none of them are Jehovah's Witnesses either. And neither is my dad, really. There's nobody in our family that's Jehovah's Witness anymore. Like, we were all in it at one point, and we have all left, except for her. So when she dies, what's going to happen? Who is going to handle all of the funeral stuff? Is it going to be Jehovah's Witnesses? I mean, she's built an entire life with Jehovah's Witness friends up there in the north in the Northeast, in the U.S., and, you know, none of us are involved in her life in any way. She doesn't want us involved in her life in any way. So what do we do? Like, when she dies, do we hand it over to her Jehovah's Witness friends? Or do we have a funeral for her? Well, really, do we have a funeral for us? Because the person who's taking part, like, the person whose funeral it is, they don't care. They're gone. They're not going to be there to experience any of it. It's for the people who are left here, le who, the people who they left behind, really, when they died. So are we going to let the funeral be run by Jehovah's Witnesses, thus barring us from being there? Like, we wouldn't be allowed to be involved in any way, shape, or form if Jehovah's Witnesses ran it. Or are we going to run it? and allow other Jehovah's Witnesses in to be there if they want to be there. Ultimately, it's, it's not something that myself and my siblings have discussed at length, but my dad has had health problems, and when he had those health problems, we all four came together and worked together to figure out what the best course of action was, and we all pretty well agreed with each other on the decisions that needed to be made and things, and we worked together okay in tough situations, so... When the whole situation arises with my mom when she dies, I guess we'll probably take a, a census between us four, decide what we want to do, but I would venture to guess we're probably going to run the funeral ourselves. Now, as far as your situation goes, that is a tough situation, and like I said, it's not a situation that I envy at all. This whole no, There's nothing fun about this situation, honestly. There's nothing fun about having a Jehovah's Witness family member. There are all kinds of issues that arise as a result of having a Jehovah's Witness family member. The best advice I can give you is to just try to be understanding as best you can and lean on a community of people who have experienced it alongside you. Like, I have my fan base is largely ex-Jehovah's Witness. There are a lot of people in my, uh, in my community who know exactly what that's like and have experienced it themselves. So maybe try talking to them, working with some of them, and, and leaning on some of them. That could be helpful. Hi, Telltale. What are your thoughts about anti-homeless spikes and benches designed to keep the homeless from laying on them? Okay, I think this question was asked originally on Discord, and I asked the person to... Uh, basically call in and leave a message with the question because it's an interesting one. Should 
homeless ben- or should benches in cities be made so that homeless people can't sleep on them? The problem that I see here is the fact that making it impossible to sleep somewhere doesn't make the homeless person disappear. Like, they don't walk up to the bench and see it and then just disappear into the ether the moment that they see it. Uh, That's not how it works. Those homeless people still exist, and they're still going to have to sleep somewhere. So ultimately, I would be in favor of not anti-homeless measures, but pro-homeless measures. I would like to see cities taking care of homeless people rather than trying to get rid of them in anti-homeless ways. Like making it so they can't sleep on benches or putting spikes below bridges. I hadn't heard about the spike one, but I've seen the I've seen the benches. You're not removing the problem. You're not eliminating the problem. You're just making people's lives more miserable and difficult. I've seen in some cities that I've been in, they have these things. They have this thing in a city I lived near at one point called the City Mission, and it's a religious thing. Which, whatever. Anyway, it's a big uh it's a big building where homeless people can go at like 6 p.m. or something. 5 or 6 p.m. they can go into this big building, they can stay the night, but they once they're in, they can't leave. If they do leave, they can't get back in. So you go there at like 5 o'clock at night, you stay the night in a room in a bed, and then the next morning like 9 a.m. you leave again. I think that's a fantastic program that deals with the problem of homeless people sleeping on benches without making their lives even more miserable than they already are. So that that would be my hope. That would be my suggestion with it. Coming up next, we're going to be talking about the Mormon Church and the IRS. Give it about 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Podcast. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, on Patreon, on Teespring, and on Etsy. All links can be found on my website, telltaleatheist.com, or in the podcast's description. Stick around. We've got more coming up. So it's taking a look at this article by CNN. Mormon church accused of stockpiling billions, avoiding taxes. Okay, let's give this article a read and see what it has to say. The title of it is Mormon church accused of stockpiling billions, avoiding taxes. It's by CNN. It says, The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, commonly commonly referred to as the Mormon church, responded Tuesday to a recently filed whistleblower complaint that accuses the church of stockpiling $100 billion in accounts intended for charitable works, misleading members, and avoiding taxes. That is a big deal. So basically, the Mormon church claimed they were using this money for charitable work and filing that on their taxes, and instead of using it for that, they were putting it in bank accounts to gain interest, basically, and things like that. That is serious. Oh my God, they could be in so much trouble with the IRS over that. A whistleblower alleges that billions of dollars collected in tithes, mandatory donations by members, which is 10% of your yearly income, was invested in an investment arm of the church. Ensign Peak Advisors, or EPA, is what it goes by. But in 22 years, has not been distributed to charitable causes in accordance with IRS rules, according to the complaint filed with the IRS. Oh, shit. They are in trouble. 
Claims being currently circulated are based on a narrow perspective and limited information, the LDS Church told CNN in a statement. The Church complies with all applicable law governing our donations, investments, taxes, and reserves. We continue to welcome the opportunity to work with officials to address questions they may have. So there's an investigation is basically what this is saying. We continue to welcome the opportunity to work with officials in an investigation, presumably, to address questions they may have. The complaint was first reported by the Washington Post. The whistleblower, David Nielsen, is a Mormon who worked for the church until September. His brother, Lars Nielsen, told CNN. David Nielsen is a former senior portfolio manager at Ensign Peak Advisors, his brother said. Again, remember, Ensign Peak Advisors, EPA, is a wing of the Mormon church that handles um, charitable works. The complaint was prepared by the brothers and filed with the IRS in mid-November, according to Lars Nielsen. Under IRS rules, whistleblowers can be awarded up to 30% of any taxes and penalties collected. Wow! That dude's going to be rich. Holy hell. We began this effort before we knew the IRS whistleblower program existed, and he asked me to work with him, Lars Nielsen said Wednesday. David Nielsen wants the IRS to strip the Mormon church of its tax-exempt status, according to the complaint. An IRS spokesman declined to comment, citing federal law prohibiting the agency from discussing any specific case. Ensign Peak Advisors declined to comment. That's fascinating. This actually happened like a couple of weeks ago, and I had heard some rumblings of it, but for some reason it didn't really connect in my mind like how significant and serious this was. So I, I should have covered it on the last podcast, honestly. But yeah, that's, that's extremely fascinating. Sam Brunson, a professor of nonprofit tax law at Chicago's Loyola University, who is a member of the LDS Church, said under Ensign's Articles of Incorporation, it's both a supporting organization, which means it has to make charitable donations commensurate in scope to its funds, and an integrated auxiliary, which means it might not have to. An integrated auxiliary organization can legally sidestep paying taxes by being a nonprofit. My guess is that the IRS will probably do nothing, and even if it does, chances are very small we'll find out about it, he said. Yeah. That's a disappointing part about it, isn't it? Honestly, I feel like religions... Okay, so religions get tax-exempt status by default, right? They don't, they don't have to pay taxes just by the fact that they're a religion. And that's, that's actually the reason why Scientology fought so hard for the status of religion was because they you know l ron hubbard hadn't paid taxes basically his entire adult life for scientology he thought it was government theft and all this other stuff and so he refused to pay taxes eventually when hubbard died in 1986 uh scientology was basically being sued by the irs and everybody was going to be put in jail and their assets seized and everything if they didn't just pay the taxes that they owed like way more money than they were even worth so there was this big battle between Scientology and the IRS and eventually Scientology did some less than reputable things of course it's Scientology and they won a case to gain the status of religion and from there on they were tax exempt I honestly don't believe that religion that religions should be tax exempt by default. Tax exempt status 
is afforded to religions because the the idea is it provides a good to society. If you provide some kind of good or service or something to society, then the government will subsidize you. It will pay for you to exist, basically. It will pay you to exist, pretty much. That's what tax-exempt status is. It's a government subsidy. And just by the mere fact that they are a religion, anybody, the government will subsidize you. But there are a lot of religions out there who are not good for society. Look at Jehovah's Witnesses. Look at Mormonism. Look at Scientology. They're not good for society. They are actively harmful to society. They should not have government subsidies keeping them alive. They should have to pay taxes like everybody else. I don't think religions should have tax-exempt status by default. I think people should I think it should be evaluated on a case-by-case basis and if there is some kind of public good that they're providing like homeless shelters or food banks or something and those things aren't behind some kind of requirement like you have to come to church every Sunday with us and if you come to church then you can receive our services if it's not behind something like that then they should be given Uh, tax-exempt status. They should be subsidized by the government in that case. Unfortunately, it's completely ass-backwards, and it has been since the beginning of time. If you're a church, you get tax-exempt status by default. I mean, John Oliver actually talked about this on his show forever ago. He created a fake church and everything and showed how easy it was to get tax-exempt status. It's disturbing. All right, so there's this this news organization, I think it's called the Salt Lake Tribune. From my understanding, the Salt Lake Tribune is run by Mormonism. It's kind of a Mormon news outlet. And this article is from the Salt Lake Tribune. So in kind of an indirect way, this gives us a little bit of insight into how Mormonism is reacting to the whole, you know, IRS tax situation. So let's read it and see what it says. The title is This Week in Mormon Land, Financial Fallout Continues Even as Charity Heats Up at Giving Machines. Whether heralded in headlines, preached from the pulpit, or buzzed about on the back benches, want this free newsletter in your inbox? Subscribe here. Okay. Actually, that does sound kind of interesting. Honestly, I'm, uh, I'm a little bit surprised that they, they said that it's buzzed about in, on the back benches because, you know, I was Jehovah's Witness for like a long time. I know what those people talk about in the back of the kingdom hall they are drama merchants to the truest extent holy hell they're like really really bad about drama like they will just gossip about everybody like jehovah's witnesses are the literal worst about gossip so i would hope that they're not putting that kind of stuff in the newsletter but just in case they are maybe i should subscribe all right let's continue reading here remember this is from a mormon influenced outlet at the very least so this is kind of mormonism's like response to it a little bit or they're they're putting their spin on it a little bit at least still following the money fallout continues from the revelation that the church's investment arm has a 100 billion dollar account in reserve the church released three short videos seeking to assure members and others that it is spending tithes and offerings appropriately So there you go. They're directing people toward Mormonism's videos on the subject. I might have to actually 
watch those videos and debunk them and talk about them at some point. News of the Fund is the latest example of a new era of whistleblowers stepping forward with concerns about how the church, its schools, or affiliate is operating. I've noticed anytime there's a whistleblower who's uh, pulling the curtain back on something really messed up happening, they always get crucified. Like, the, the existence of whistleblowers at all is always crucified. Like, oh, whistleblowers are evil. They're doing this. They're lying. Blah, blah, blah. We have the right to face our accusers. And they always want to know who it was, even though it's completely irrelevant. Like, why do you need to know who it was? All we need to do is verify what they're saying is factual. We don't need their names. I don't know. It's just really fascinating. You see that in the Trump impeachment situation, too. A synopsis of the complaint to the IRS about the reserve portfolio alleges that even a Latter-day Saint prophet-in-waiting, namely Boyd K. Packer, was denied access to details about it. Kathleen Flake, head of Mormon studies at the University of Virginia, examined on the school's website how the church manages its money along with the religious, economic, and philosophical principles that underlie its financial practices. John Turner, religion professor at George Mason University, in a piece for the The Conversation, supplied to the Associated Press, looked back at financial troubles the early church encountered in Ohio and how the Utah-based faith has blended commerce and religion throughout history. So anyways, that's kind of Mormonism's take on the subject. Um, I think they're completely full of shit, and I'm really glad to see that a whistleblower has pulled the curtain back, as I said, and revealed some information that everybody deserves to know. If anybody ever really doubted that Mormonism was corrupt, then they're crazy. I mean, Mormonism is just as corrupt high up as Jehovah's Witnesses or any other group out there. And just getting little glimpses into it like this is really fascinating. We'll be back in 30 seconds. We're going to talk next about J.K. Rowling and her tweet. And then we're going to talk about activist Mommy's response to J.K. Rowling's tweet. We'll be back in a minute. You're listening to the Telltale Podcast. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, on Patreon, on Teespring, and on Etsy. All links can be found on my website, telltaleatheist.com, or in the podcast's description. Stick around. We've got more coming up. So the next article I wanted to take a look at was J.K. Rowling's response to this whole situation. I can't even do it justice without reading the article. So let's take a look at it and see what happens. This is by CNN. J.K. Rowling under fire over transgender comments. Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling has come under fire for expressing support for a woman who lost an employment tribunal over comments she made on social media about transgender people. Maya Forstater brought a claim against the Center for Global Development and CGD Europe, an international development think tank, after she lost her job as a researcher following comments on Twitter criticizing UK government plans to allow people to self-identify their gender. Forstater does not believe that it's possible to change sex and that men who have undergone gender reassignment surgery are still men, even if the law recognizes them as women. For a little bit of context here, like, I, I don't get terribly involved in this whole side of politics, as in, like, I don't know a whole lot about it. Like, I've been trying to keep up with it and trying to learn and, and understand um, more about this, but 
in the grand scheme of things, I'm really not extremely knowledgeable. Like there are more knowledgeable people out there than me on the subject. So I'll do my best to work my way through the subject because I feel like it is important to talk about. Four Stater does not believe that it's possible to change sex and that men who have undergone gender reassignment surgery are still men, even if the law recognizes them as women. I don't think people should be compelled to play along with literal delusions like trans women are women, she wrote in a private message to a co-worker that was cited in evidence in the case. So let me tell you my understanding of the situation. When we're talking about sex and gender, there is a difference between the two. Okay, so I try to go with the science on everything, if possible, on this subject. And the, the science and the psychology behind this is telling us that gender is a separate thing from sex. For example, in the DSM-5, it talks about gender dysphoria. So gender is the, like, the mental aspect of this, and sex is the physical aspect of it, okay? So sometimes people's gender and sex don't align, and they can experience gender dysphoria, like the, the feeling that something is not right, like they should be different than they are. And I actually have a family member who I'm not going to name, but because, you know, for privacy and all that. I have a family member who is trans, and she has said that she hates taking a shower because she's forced to face what she is, and it just bothers her. Like, she can't stand it. It eats her up inside. That is the type of thing that a lot of people deal with. So this person, Maya Forstater, is something known as a TERF, I believe, uh, which stands for Trans-Exclusionary Radical Feminist. Typically, in my experience, they're extremely toxic. The, the, the ideology behind it is extremely toxic and doesn't recognize the science behind this and doesn't recognize or, or show any kind of understanding for the people who are experiencing this type of situation. So with that in mind, let's continue reading and see, see what else it says. The tribunal, making a preliminary ruling in her case, determined that Forstater's views were not protected as a philosophical belief under the Equality Act of 2010. Details of the tribunal held between November 13th and 21st were published Wednesday. The employment judge, James Taylor, wrote in his judgment that he considered Forstater's view to be absolutist and incompatible with human dignity and fundamental rights of others. So I did a little bit of reading about this, and from, from what I understand, there are some protected beliefs, protected viewpoints, and things like that. For example, if you believe that Jewish people don't eat bacon... That is a true belief, but not, not entirely. Like, there are some Jewish people who do. But aside from that, it's protected because it doesn't violate human rights or human dignity. But let's see, it says, the judge wrote in the judgment that, that he considered Forstater's view to be absolutist. Being absolutist about anything, like being black and white thinking in general, I've said this a billion times, black and white thinking will be the death of you. It is a bad thing to just have black and white, all or nothing, us versus them kind of thinking. Like, if you can't see nuance in something, then you've got a problem. You have to find nuance in things. Nuance exists. 
And having this absolutist black and white thinking ideology is counterproductive. It's extremist by its nature. In a statement posted on Twitter Wednesday, Four Stater said she believes that sex is a biological fact and is immutable. As I said, uh, there is a difference between sex and gender, and that is recognized by science, like I said a minute ago. So the cells in your body are, at this immediate moment, cannot be changed. The cells in your body, uh, i.e. XX, XY, or any variation of that. But gender is the mental understanding of who you are and is recognized in the DSM-5. So you can say that sex is a biological fact and is immutable. Sure, your cells can't be changed at this moment. But gender is a... Gender is something that exists in your brain. And I don't see what attacking and hurting people and... and destroying them emotionally is helping like i don't understand why you're why is this even coming up like yeah okay sex is technically a biological fact and the cells in your body at this moment cannot be changed what does that have to do with people who experience gender dysphoria and why are you making their lives worse why are you making their lives harder all right let's continue reading there are two sexes men are male women are female that's not true um men and women as I've said, in my understanding, the terms men and women reflect gender. Male and female reflect sex. So if you are physically, like you're, the cells in your body are made up of XY, for example, then you are biologically this sex. Doesn't mean you're not a man or doesn't mean you're not a woman. Those can be the terms that identify you and your the the state that your mind is in how you see yourself and I, I really don't see why it matters like why does everybody care so much how somebody identifies like why do you even give a shit why does it matter to you let them tell you who they are who are you to sit there and tell somebody that they aren't this thing or that thing just let them be who they are why are you inserting yourself up into their lives like that it doesn't make any sense to me Rowling, okay, J.K. Rowling, now this is her role in this. J.K. Rowling announced her support for Force Stater on Thursday, writing, Dress however you please, call yourself whatever you like, sleep with any consenting adult who'll have you, live your best life in peace and security, but force women out of their jobs for stating that sex is real? I stand with Maya. This is not a drill. Not sure what this is not a drill hashtag means, but anyways. This isn't the only instance of Maya being really aggressive and hateful about a group of people. Like, if you want to say, if you want to, all right, let me give you an example of something, okay? If I were to sit here and say, I don't know, I'm just going to make something up. Uh, Black people uh, kill more people than white people do, so they're more violent or something. I I think that's a right-wing talking point I've heard before. Just bear with me through this, okay? Uh, If I were to say that, whether it's factual or not, you are being a dickhead for saying it. We can acknowledge scientific facts, and we can look at the studies and the information and figure out where to go from there and use them for constructive purposes. But if you're just running around saying black people are more violent than white people, first of all, you're misrepresenting the situation completely taking it completely out of context. 
and you're saying things that hurt people, like for no reason. If you're using this information in a legitimate study that's legitimately being used for some constructive purpose, fine. But this woman isn't. She's just using it to hurt people. That's it. So yeah, state a scientific fact. Let me, let me state another fact that I hear all the time. Fact, quote unquote. Let me state another quote unquote fact that I hear all the time. All the banks are run by Jews. I hear that constantly from right-wing extremists. Whether it's a fact or not, if you go into a, a Discord server or something that's predominantly Jewish, say a Jewish Discord server, and you just drop that line in there, all the big banks are run by Jews, you know that's a dog whistle. Whether it's true or not, you're saying it to hurt people. And if, you're not, if that's not actually your intention, you're still hurting people. So if you're using that information for some legitimate purpose, then use it for some legitimate purpose. But don't go around shoving it in people's faces and saying it in the wrong place because whether that's a fact or not, that could be really discriminatory to just drop that information somewhere in a group of people that you know could be hurt by it or have been hurt by that talking point. So whether Maya is technically scientifically accurate here or not is completely irrelevant what she's saying is hurtful and doesn't need to be said leave it alone like why why do you need to hurt people with the words that you say if you're using it for some legitimate reason then use it don't go out there and shove it in people's faces that's my take on it LGBT rights charity Stonewall declined to comment on Rowling's statement, but addressing Forstater's case, a spokesperson told CNN, this case was about the importance of dignity and respect in the workplace. Trans people are facing huge levels of abuse and discrimination with one in eight, 12%, having been attacked while at work in the last year. Commenting on the implications of the ruling, Luis Ria senior associate at law firm Bates Wells, who advised Forstater's former employers, said in a statement to CNN, a number of commentators have viewed this case as being about the claimant's freedom of speech. Employment Judge Taylor acknowledged that there is nothing to stop the claimant campaigning against the proposed revisions to the Gender Recognition Act or expressing her opinion that there should be some spaces that are restricted to women assigned female at birth. So anyways, that's the J.K. Rowling situation. That's the Maya Forstater situation. Now let's take a quick gander here at, at Activist Mommy's take on it. I, I have not read Activist Mommy's take on it, but I can't imagine it'll be anything less than entertaining. The title is J.K. Rowling slammed on Twitter for defending woman fired over transgender comments. Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling has never shied away from voicing her opinions on politics, and her views are usually welcomed with open arms by the progressive left, who love her anti-Trump or pro-mass migration rantings. Okay, first of all, pro-mass migration? Is she in favor of immigrants? Like, she, she's trying to bring more immigrants into the country? I don't think anybody is actually trying to do that, like any human being in the United States. I think the argument is we should treat them like human beings when they get here. We shouldn't mistreat them. We should recognize that they are people, they are humans, and they deserve human dignity just like anybody else. 
whether you live in Idaho or Texas or Mexico, you're still a human being and you should be treated as such. I think that's the argument. I don't think it's pro-mass migration. Anyway, I'm getting off on a tangent here. Let's continue the article. This time around, however, she's attracted the wrath of the trans-affirming Twitter masses who are outraged that the wildly successful children's book author who voiced support for a woman who was fired for saying that a man can't become a woman. Gosh, no matter how often we cover these stories, it never ceases to amaze how often we have to clarify that, indeed, a man cannot become a woman. Again, activist mommy here is using gendered language to refer to gender, not biological sex as assigned at birth man and woman refer to gender the state of mind not the not the cells in your body so a man most certainly can become a woman and vice versa more accurately a man uh, somebody born as a male finds that they are a woman for example we need to keep repeating this until it no longer needs to be repeated anyway back to jk rowling's thought crime spree and then they post J.K. Rowling's tweet. Dress however you please. Call yourself whatever you like. Sleep with any consenting adult who'll have you. Live the best. Uh, I'm sorry. Live your best life in peace and security. But force women out of their jobs for stating that sex is real. Again, I just want to state for the camera here. It's like going into a Jewish Discord server and saying all of the big banks are run by Jews. Whether that is factual or not. It is offensive for you to come in and say something like that. There's really no other reason to do that but to hurt people. Maya Forstater, 45, was fired from her job as a tax expert for the Center for Global Development in March of this year after being accused of publishing offensive, quote-unquote, tweets, daring to question such insane statism as government proposals to allow people to self-identify as members of the opposite sex, according to the Telegraph. No, allowing people to self-identify as members of the opposite gender. They come to find that they're women. They are not men. That's the whole bit here. If somebody is going against that, if somebody is conflating sex and gender like activist mommy seems to be doing here, and like Maya Forstater seems to be doing, then they're, they're just going against the science. Like, science has actively said these two things are separate and we understand that they're separate and they can be disconnected from each other like i don't i don't understand why this is so difficult i mean activist mommy has a bad reputation for denying science anyways as seen in last week's podcast she's an anti-vaxxer she's an evangelical extremist there are so many views about this woman that are just really really questionable to say the least it's really disappointing to see people dog-whistling and attacking people and hurting people for no reason. Like, they don't have to do that. They can be nice to people and accepting and understand that they aren't in their heads and they, aren't, they, don't, they haven't been through their life experiences. Why do you have to hurt people? I don't get it. Your right to swing your fist ends at the tip of my nose. Just don't be a piece of shit to people. It's that simple. Seriously. Who doesn't get this? Coming up next, uh, we're going to be talking about India and the protests happening there. I haven't read a whole lot about this situation, so we'll take a look at it in just a minute. Uh, we'll be right back. 
You're listening to the Telltale Podcast. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, on Patreon, on Teespring, and on Etsy. All links can be found on my website, telltaleatheist.com, or in the podcast's description. Stick around. We've got more coming up. The next article I wanted to take a look at was by New York Times. The title is, We Are Witnessing a Rediscovery of India's Republic. So a lot of people don't actually know that this is going on right now. A lot of people are unaware that this is happening. It's basically, uh, there are like widespread protests in India right now. It's like a really, really big deal. This is like international news. So let's read the article and see why people are protesting. I actually know some people in India, and it's dangerous for them right now. So I hope everybody comes out the other side safely. Let's read this and see. New Delhi. As India's new citizenship law seeks to create a stratified citizenship based on religion, a large number of Indians opposing it are emerging as a people of one book, the country's constitution, which came into force on January 26, 1950. In the past two weeks, diverse crowds across the country have responded to the Discriminatory Citizenship Amendment Act, referred to as the CAA, passed by Prime Minister Narendra—wait, I, I feel like I need to get this name right—Narendra Modi's Hindu nationalist government by chanting the preamble to the Constitution of India with its promises of social, political, and economic justice, freedom of thought, expression and belief, equality, and fraternity. Uh, nationalism generally is regarded as a bad thing because it can get out of control really, really quickly. So this person is like a, a, a Hindu nationalist. So they want the government and the people to be entirely Hindu, basically, is what it comes down to, from my understanding of this. Student protesters being herded into police vans, opposition leaders standing outside the Indian parliament, ebullient crowds of tens of thousands of Hyderabad, Delhi, Kolkata, Mumbai, and Chennai, I I hope I pronounced those correctly, have read aloud the preamble and held aloft copies of the Constitution and portraits of B.R. Ambedkar, its chief draftsman. The CAA, which is the bill we're talking about, that kind of turns it into a Hindu uh, nationalist state, offers an accelerated pathway to citizenship for Hindu, Sikh, Zoroastrian, Buddhist, and Christian migrants from Pakistan. Interesting that they included Christian and Sikh. That actually kind of surprises me. Buddhist and Christian migrants from Pakistan, Bangladesh, and Afghanistan, but excludes Muslims. It effectively creates a hierarchical system of citizenship determined by an individual's religion reminiscent of Myanmar's 1982 citizenship law, which privileged citizenship for indigenous races, excluded the uh, Rohingya, and paved the ground for the genocidal violence against them. So obviously it's a dangerous road that India is going down right now. It's very nationalist and it's ethno-religious, kind of setting up an ethno-religious state in some ways, uh, excluding anybody who isn't from this. Really, they're excluding specific groups. Like, they covered all of the main groups that co- that come in and out of India, even the smaller ones. Hindus, Sikhs, Zoroastrians, Buddhists, and Christians. I cannot imagine that there are many Christians 
in India. Some, but it, it's not like a majority group. But Muslim is because they're really, really close to a lot of Middle Eastern countries. So the fact that they're including everybody except for Muslims, or basically everybody, except for Muslims, is very, very concerning. They're like discriminating directly against Muslims here. And I've said this a billion times. I'm going to short circuit the argument now, okay? Islam can be really harmful. There are some really harmful, destructive Islamic cults. They exist. For example, ISIS. But Islam is a category, like Christianity is a category, and is not a cult by default. Just like Christianity is not a cult, Buddhism is not a cult, Islam is not a cult, feminism is not a cult. These are categories, not groups, okay? If you want to talk about a cult, we have to zero into individual groups. We're not, we can't be talking about categories. It's too broad, and there isn't the, the same type of unification with a category that there is with a group. There isn't the same type of hierarchical leadership enforcing rules and rewards and punishments for people who break those rules. So Islam is not a cult. I just want to, that's, that's my position on it, okay? Now, like I said, there are Islamic cults out there, but these are people. Muslims are people. They're just people, just like me and you, exactly like us. And they are discriminating against them based on this one characteristic. If you stand up for the U.S. Constitution at all, then you should be against this because the U.S. Constitution forbids discrimination based on race and religion specifically. Any right-wingers out there saying that this is a good thing? I'm sorry, you're just going against what the U.S. Constitution lays out blatantly. Anyway, let's continue reading. The Indian government's justification that the CAA offers protection to people facing religious persecution in neighboring countries is specious. The new citizenship law does not require proof of religious persecution, and it is applied arbitrarily to non-Muslim minorities from three Muslim-majority neighbors. The law ignores the claims of Muslim minorities facing religious persecution in Pakistan, Bangladesh, and Afghanistan, and it excludes persecuted minorities of all faiths from Sri Lanka, China, and Myanmar, which have non-Muslim governments. I've read a little bit more about this, like outside of this one article, and from my understanding of the situation, they have actually set up a system that watches people protesting with cameras and does facial recognition stuff to identify them and arrest them later, uh, which is just like an, a massive, disturbing in, uh, violation of privacy. So it's not going super great over there right now. And when I say people are protesting, what I actually mean is people are rioting over this. Like, it is ugly, and it's dangerous. Like I said, I know a lot of people in India right now. Well, not a lot. I know a few people from India, one of whom is actually a, a mod on my Discord server. I really hope for the best for them. Like, I hope that they come out of this safely, really. This is not a safe place at this moment. Like, I think tourism has, like, died down or maybe even come to a complete stop at this immediate moment with India because of how serious this is. So I hope everybody stays safe. 
And I honestly hope that Indian leadership comes to their senses, realizes that this is an outrageous, horrific, ridiculous thing to do to people. Honestly, I don't have high hopes for it, but we can hope for the best. We'll be back in a second. We're going to take a look at some super chats. You're listening to the Telltale Podcast. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, on Patreon, on Teespring, and on Etsy. All links can be found on my website, telltaleatheist.com, or in the podcast's description. Stick around. We've got more coming up. So let's take a look at some super chats. The first one is Nervardia. Hi, Telltale. Have some money. Thank you so much. I appreciate that, Nervardia. Next super chat is from Leah Bryant. I'm ex-NIFB and LGBT. Keep up the good work. I have a new religion now. Wicca. Why do you default to atheism when why did you default to atheism when you left Jehovah's Witnesses? Okay. Uh, let me tell you why. And thank you for the super chat. I really appreciate that. Glad you got out of the NIFB. That's a really disturbing religion, seriously. Just the direction that it's going. The place that it's at right now is really scary stuff. So glad you found your way out of that, seriously. Now, to answer your question, why do you default to atheism when you left Jehovah's Witnesses? Uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, throughout the entirety of my life, really attacked other religions. They attacked other religions and said they were wrong and full of it and all this other stuff. And so I, I just understood Methodists to be wrong when I was little. I understood Catholics to be incorrect. I just knew that all these groups were wrong. And when I when I realized Jehovah's Witnesses were full of it too, I just stopped believing in anything. Like I, I already didn't believe in Zeus. I already didn't believe in Thor or um well those are probably bad examples because you're pagan, but <laughs> I already didn't believe in Thor. I didn't believe in um Allah i.e. I wasn't Muslim. I already didn't believe in uh, Methodist or Catholic or Lutheran or any of it. And when I also gave up Jehovah's Witnesses, I just, there was nothing to believe in. That was it. Uh, atheism is like, a, the for me, I'm just defaulting to disbelief. And if somebody presents evidence to me of a religious claim, I will listen. I will hear it. I will hear them out. And I will honestly think about what they're saying to me, and I will evaluate it as a claim, examine the evidence, and if they're convincing, I'll believe what they have to say about it. But I haven't seen any evidence so far to support the claims of uh, any religion that has tried to convert me yet, paganism included. So I actually have a book on Wicca back there on one of my bookshelves. Reasonably thick book about how it operates and how you become Wiccan and things like that. So yeah, I just never bought any of the claims. That's all. I'm willing to hear the evidence, but let's see. Adam T asks, if Kanye started a religion, could he get tax exempt status? Yeah, it's like scary easy to get tax exempt status. Seriously. It's like so easy. If you haven't seen it, John Oliver actually talks about it on his uh, on his show and creates a fake church and everything with tax exempt status. It's like crazy easy. And who knows, maybe that's Kanye's plan with it is to kind of get tax exempt status. Dude has got deep issues, honestly. And I say that without a, 
a hint of sarcasm or hatred or anything for the guy. I hope he gets help for what's going on in his mind right now. Seriously. Got another question from Fluffykins. How was your year? I had a good one. I hope you did. Yeah, it was an okay year. There were ups and downs, as most years have. But overall, it was really good. I met my girlfriend three days ago last year. This time last year, three days ago. We talked for the very first time. We started dating, I think, on January 8th. And we've been together ever since. It's been really fantastic. So that's been a really good part of my life for sure for the past year like we've had disagreements and we but I I don't think I can say with any kind of confidence that we have argued or we've never yelled at each other or had any kind of serious fight of any sort like it's just been really fantastic to be with somebody who largely agrees with me on most political and social things and and we can kind of build each other up and talk to each other and work through issues and subjects and just add to each other's lives in a lot of ways so i'm glad that i'm i'm glad that we found each other so that's a good part of the that's been a good part of the year one more question from the uh from the discord any new year's resolutions I actually talked about this last podcast too, I think, or maybe the one before that. Anyways, I don't really do the New Year's resolution stuff. I, I've never done it before. Maybe I should start. But like I've said in the past, I'm actually reasonably happy with the way my life has turned out, all things considered. You know, I've lived below the poverty line for the majority of my life. I was Jehovah's Witness and lost everybody in my family at one point. But Things turned around completely. I'm no longer below the poverty line. Now I make about uh, the U.S. median income, give or take. Let's see. I have a daughter who absolutely loves me to death. I have a girlfriend who absolutely loves me to death. And all of my family, except for one, have left the religion of Jehovah's Witnesses. So I talk to all of them again. So things are okay at this moment. Uh, I, I would have to think hard about some way to improve my life in some real way that I could put into a resolution. But um, yeah, I will think about that. Anyway, I appreciate you guys coming and giving the podcast a listen. And I will talk to you next week. If you like what I do and you want to make sure I can continue to do it, you can support me in a few ways. First, you can support me on Patreon. That's probably the best way. But if you want to get something back for your support, you can check out my Teespring. I'm trying to make a shirt design for every cult I've covered. I haven't gotten every one, but I'm working on it. So check it out and see if your cult is up there. Second, you can support me by checking out my game shop. I sell controller, cartridge, and game box stands for every system from the original Nintendo and Sega Game Gear to the Xbox One and Nintendo Switch. So give that a look too. And finally, if you want to support me in some way other than monetarily, you can check out my other YouTube channels. I have a retro game channel where I answer questions like, why does Shy Guy have a mask? And why are CRT TVs the best way to play retro games? I also have the podcast where I talk about stuff I don't feel I can say on a monetized channel. And finally, I have my main channel, where I talk about cults. I wish I didn't have to worry about dancing around subjects carefully in the first place, but I chose to do this as a full-time job, so unfortunately, I rely on YouTube's AdSense and on the support of patrons to continue doing the work I do. Anyways, check me out in all those places if you haven't already. Thanks for listening, guys.